Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Entertainment from the 573 Podcast. I'm your host for this edition of the show, Ryan McDaniel. It's awesome to be back talking to you guys about what's going on in the world of entertainment. We got a little bit of movie news, a little bit of streaming service news for you guys today. So buckle up. It's going to be a good one. A couple big topics to hit upon. But before we get into that, let's hit some house cleaning first. Uh, go check out this podcast and the Views podcast on all pl- podcast platforms, whichever your preference is, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, or Anchor. You can go check us out on all those platforms. Subscribe. Keep up with the latest action for us. And speaking of Anchor, they sponsor this edition of the show, and they sponsor every edition of the entertainment from the 573 Podcast, along with all the episodes on the Views Podcast as well. So thank you to Anchor for sponsoring this episode. All right, guys. Let's talk a little about what we got going on views this week. We got an episode coming in the next few days. We're going to be talking baseball. We're going to be previewing the AL the AL League first. We're going to be discussing all that. And we're also going to be talking about NFL free agency, amongst other things, as free agency starts next week. Then we got the NL next week, and we'll wrap it all up in a couple weeks with our full-on baseball predictions. It's a really big week for the Views podcast. A lot of stuff to get through in that podcast and a lot of stuff to get through in this podcast as well. And we're going to start off with this, of course, the latest installment in in the James Bond series, No Time to Die, was supposed to come out on April 10th of this year, within the next few weeks. And it's just been announced within the last week that they are moving dates from April 10th to November 20th, 25th, later this year, really close to Thanksgiving. This is the first, and this is one of the first times that Bond has been in November, really, since going back to 1995's GoldenEye. And a lot of this was because of what's going on, an epidemic of the coronavirus going around the world. It's really insane how, how big of an epidemic this is kind of is and this has really made studios kind of play their hand and kind of switch up days and dates about when they're going to release big movies and looking at the deadline article that they put out a lot it's going to affect a lot a lot of the asian offshore territories a lot of the markets there Uh, china has closed seventy thousand theaters this year alone and they're going to lose more than two two billion dollars from that uh, they were supposed to have early dates for Universal Doolittle in 1917, Jojo Rabbit, Sonic, The Hedgehog, and Onward. They've been all postponed indefinitely. Who knows if those movies will get dates later on in China. But it's not looking really good for for the future right now as far as studios releasing some of these high, big profile films coming out here in the next few days. And that leaves that big Easter date open uh, for anybody to come snatch up. And this is a really big move. Of course, Bond is a premier franchise. Moving dates from early spring to later in the fall, later in the year is big stuff. And there's some pretty decent films coming out within that time span. Of course, one of the bigger films that also switched dates, not because of the coronavirus, but because of other reasons. That is, of course, Godzilla versus King Kong. That's coming out on November 20th, so coming out within five days of each other. And that presents a question here. What's gonna, 
are these how much money are these two gonna make? Uh, are are they gonna lose money? Now I've read no time that I might be losing thirty to fifty million because of them making this move. We'll find out how true that is later on in this year. But right now, I would have to say I could see them staying with those dates, but I could also see them maybe in one of those studios moving those movies to a different date, depending on how far along I guess King. King Kong vs. Godzilla is, depending on where that is right now. I believe they've done they've been done shooting it for a while now. It's just all about post production. So those movies can in fact stay together. Or the studios can work out some sort of deal where they could move off and you know they can move off that original date and get, you know, some uh nice compensation for it, whatever it is. Maybe, hey, we'll switch out a date for one of our other movies and not let it conflict with yours. Uh, something like that. So that is big, massive, a premier franchise like the Bond franchise moving to November 25th later this year. I think it, it could make good money with it being around the holiday season, Thanksgiving, all that stuff. There's potential there, but this is a big move and largely because of the worldwide epidemic of the coronavirus and it's getting it's it's weird it's terrible that this is happening uh with the coronavirus it's awful and so now we have no time to die and probably among others later to come that are probably gonna have to switch dates in the near future all right moving on let's shift gears to our next topic now one the uh, one of the big movies that's been talked about is whether it could move because it, it's actually really close to No Time to Die, May, May 1st, is the Black Widow movie. And we just got our final trailer for that on Monday. And I got to tell you guys, I, it thoroughly raised my anticipation for this movie. Not that it already was, but it, it, I was I was excited to go see it. This just heightened it. That's what a trailer is supposed to do. One of the interesting things, of course, with... 573 Productions, and we would have pre and post show talks, and sometimes they would go on a little bit longer than they should, probably should. But one of the interesting post show talks that me and Matt had recently was talking about Marvel and this upcoming phase post Endgame, Black Widow, Eternals, and everything else coming after, and talking about are really are people really interested in going to see these guys, or is there just a little bit? Of an in-game fatigue, in-game hangover, as you would call it, where, you, like, you got your feels, like, okay, the MCU is over. It was a good ending, and I and we talked about that. And in-game was a film in which it it was a good bookend for. If some were done. It was like, hey, it's good. I got my feel. It was a fun ten years, but now I'm done. But it was also opened the door for a continuation. Of what's going to come here within the next few years. Starting off Phase 4 with Black Widow. And we get an awesome trailer here. We get to see more of Taskmaster. And get to see more of his abilities. We've seen him with the shield. Kind of looking like Cap there. We now see him broke out the claws like Black Panther. We've seen him with the arrow like Hawkeye. So basically... To make a joke here, this guy's been binging the MCU guys. He's been basically binging them 
for a long time. And of course, this is going to be views and entertainment canon now. Uh, our guy Taskmaster Taskmaster likes to watch uh, Iron Man Iron Man Two. I'm sure he likes Iron Man Two Three, but he's watching Iron Man Two footage from the hallway scene with where Black Widow is in Hammer Industries taking out a lot of the security guards and watching her, her moves. And this is really what Taskmaster is all about. He studies people's fighting abilities, discusses what they do, and he dissects them and figures out a way to go against that kind of like what you saw in civil war where iron man was trying to figure out a way to neutralize caps fighting style and take that against him. taskmaster is is like that but on a whole different level one of the interesting things about this is i noticed that looking close up is that there might be a camera right on his uh, on his head on his helmet and so that might be one way like how he can maybe memorize a lot of these moves he can Play it back via the camera that's on on his armor on the, on his head. That may be a way that he can do that. And and one of the other things with Taskmaster here is we hear he's controlling the Red Room, of course, where Black Widow herself was escaped, got out. He's been controlling the Red Room. He's manipulating all, all the pe- all the women that are in the program. They're conscious, but they have no choices. Uh, Yelena Belova says to Natasha in the trailer. And I'm excited to see Taskmaster. Taskmaster, I'll get it right. I'm excited to see him in action. See if see if this character can be really good. I really don't want this guy to be a one-off. Or a guy that we'll never see again. Or a guy that will die. I, I want to see a little bit more of him. But of course, we'll decide that really once we see the film coming out here in less than two months. And, yeah, it was just an exciting action-packed trailer for Black Widow. They needed this, and they're not going to move this movie to another date. They're going to keep it right where it's at on May 1st. Live action-packed, live Mission Impossible John Wick kind of vibes here with all the action set pieces going on here. But, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited to see what this film holds as we get started here on phase four it's gonna be nice to be back in the swing of things where we'll have our regularly scheduled post credit scene i know we got in captain marvel but i kind of considered that one a deleted scene or an extra scene of endgame i know we got our ones in far from home but it just feels like it's been a long time since we've had to deal or that, that we've had to sit through a movie and watch post credit scenes and what's the saying everybody you don't really trust anybody that leaves during a marvel post credit scene it's especially not the first time around that they're showing the movie. Now, I think if it's the second time, third time they're seeing it, and they could leave it. But if they really want to, they they can stick around. If you leave the first time, you will not be trusted. You will be judged by a lot of people in the in the theater because everybody expects there to be a post credit scene. I expect there to be one nonetheless. Got a bunch coming down the pipeline. We got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. We might have stuff coming on that within the next few weeks here. It's supposed to come out in August. WandaVision has just wrapped filming. See if we get stuff for that. That's coming out later on in the year in December. So we got a bunch of stuff coming from Marvel here. They're getting right back on track here with with Phase 4. Starting off with Black Widow. We might be getting some Eternal stuff here within the next few weeks. Uh, From what I've read... Maybe expect the trailer maybe in April or May. I'm not saying that's actually going to happen, but 
the way that it tracks with no, some of these November movies that Marvel has put out, that usually the first trailers have shown up somewhere in April. So that might be a thing to keep an eye on for Eternals. I've, and right now, Black Widow is expecting to open at 130. That's early tracking, 130 million. That's really good for Black Widow, considering, like, start off with this, there might be in-game fatigue. A lot of people might not be interested in going to see this. Uh, because Black Widow, she is a character that is a very good character, but is not an Iron Man or Cap. She's a sporting character. We've already seen her arc finish through Endgame. Spoiler alert, she's di she dies. Uh, I, I want to make mention that. I don't want to get uh, criticized for my Loki spoiler with Matt. But it, it, finished her, it finished off her arc. And I can see why people are like, eh, it's a, pre it's a prequel. And that, that's what it is. It takes place after Civil War. So I guess old, old Taskmaster is watching uh, the MCU up to 2016 or a little after Civil War got done with. We'll see if he's uh, binge watching later on. As Again, this is taking place probably most likely in 2016 after Civil War. So making going back to the streaming service Disney Plus with Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all that stuff. Let's talk about Mando. Yes, we're going back to the Mandalorian, or as we should probably call it the Baby Yoda show. It, it, it's basically the Baby Yoda show, everybody. Baby Yoda merch is everywhere, basically. It's basically not hard to find. It, you'll see people having Baby Yodas on the shoulders, having Baby Yoda shirts, or any type of Baby Yoda merch. It's just insane. It's gone out of hand, and I mean... It, Looking back on it, and I've had this thought, of course we, we should have expected this to blown up. I mean, we we love Groot, and all he says is, I am Groot, and that's it. And yet we adore him. Uh, Baby Yoda, we really can't understand what he's saying. He's like, oh, yes. Let, let, and Disney, they're just going to the bank with all these millions and billions of dollars from the, selling Baby Yoda merch. It's uh, absolutely insane to think about I, how a little character can say, like Baby Yoda, basically doesn't say anything. It just coos and all this stuff like a baby would. And I was like, oh, yes, th this Baby Yoda is awesome. Let's get plush dolls. Let's get t-shirts. Let's get all this stuff. It's it's insane. It's out of hand, but it's awesome. But Mando, of course, season one finished in December. Uh, I Kind of too soon for my liking. And that may be a thing that we could see going forward is maybe like, okay, we see how eight episodes worked and maybe we can go to 10 or maybe try and increase and see how that does. You know, maybe that could be something they could go with in the future. But season two of The Mandalorian has wrapped. We got really a, several, a bunch of the crew that directed the episodes in season one coming back. Got Dave Filoni coming back. Taika Waititi, he's coming back. John Favreau's even going to direct a couple episodes. Bryce Dallas Howard. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's confirmed that Peyton Reed, the director of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, maybe directed an episode or two. Uh, I expect uh, Rachel Chow, who directed a couple episodes of this, she's probably busy filming, prepping on the Obi-Wan series. So she, she might be directing an episode. Who knows? We won't really know until season two comes our way on Disney Plus in October. I already can't wait to see 
Season 2. I believe Carl Weathers, or as Matt knows him by Chubbs from uh, Happy Gilmore, I believe he directed an episode as well. And I'm fully excited to get back on the Mando train. And I, w- I would suggest that I think I'm more hyped for Season 2 than I am for Season 1. Now, yes, Season 1, that was the big thing that Disney Plus was selling, to, especially a lot to Star Wars fans. Hey, come check out this live-action Star Wars series. It's never been done before. Come check it out. It's amazing. We got all this amazing cast and crew working on it. You'll love it. Star Wars fans, you'll absolutely love it. It'll be your favorite thing. And while, yes, that is true, I think there's a little bit of doubt. It's an unknown product. Not, not a whole lot of people knew what they were expecting watching this series. as, they, as The first episode was dropping on November 12th, I believe is the day Disney Plus uh, officially was out. And at, as soon as the first episode dropped, people fell in love with it. Took people, it took some people probably a couple episodes to, you know, get the gist of it and really enjoy it for what it is and really love it, especially Star Wars fans. So, I would suggest that maybe season two, I may be a little bit hyped for it, and maybe everybody else probably should be too. At least that's my thinking because now we know what to expect out of this series. We know what to expect out of the characters. We get, we know what we got in Baby Yoda with Mando. We got Kara. We got Grief Karga. Now we, we got the Black Saber with Moff Gideon involved now. Uh, and just and we got this amazing cast, crew working on it, coming back again. We got amazing people getting into the director's chair and directing a few episodes of this. And we've, we've already seen some of the episodes that those people directed in the series. and th- Some have been great. I'd say Filoni's episodes were probably a little bit weaker. I believe his episodes were the first one in episode 5. But other than that, the whole series has been great. Those two might have been a little bit weaker, but they were still good. Uh, Especially the first one coming in, uh, not knowing what to expect. It was great fun. But I would say season 2, we maybe should be a little bit more hyped for for season 2 than we should be for season 1. Probably based off the fact that we now know what we're getting in for in store for with Mandalorian. Of course, we can't get enough of Baby Yoda. Like I said at the top, we can't get enough of Baby Yoda. We're excited to see more of him. We want more of Baby Yoda. We want to see him progress in his force using abilities. See if there's any more to his backstory. You know that they're going to go off on an adventure. Mando finally got his jetpack as a Mandalorian would have. So... We're going to get to see him use more of the jetpack in Season 2. So I would suggest that maybe, guys, we should be way more hyped for Season 2 than we are for Season 1. I know I am. I can't wait for Mandalorian to get back on Disney Plus and get ready to see Season 2 and see what happens next. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. I wish it was October already. I want to see some more Baby Yoda as well, like the rest of you. But I think for Season 2... I, w- I would suggest that maybe we should be a little bit more hyped because now we know what we're getting into. We, we know what to expect. And we know that the crew working on this is going to put their heart and soul and to make sure that Star Wars fans and even just fans of the series will have, enjoy- will have enjoyment in watching what goes down in the upcoming season. All right. And the final thing to get to, let's switch gears back over to Marvel. 
a couple big things I've had been regarding the new Thor film, Thor Love and Thunder, coming out next fall in 2021. And one of the big things coming out of Endgame is we see Thor and the Guardians on the ship together, and we assume, ah, we'll, we'll see Thor together with the uh, Guardians, presumably, and whenever Guardians 3 comes out. And we're still waiting on Guardians 3. James Gunn just wrapped up Suicide Squad, which that comes out August of 2021, which I'm not saying they should probably move dates, but I would, I would, my thinking is if it they got done shooting already, maybe moving it up wouldn't be a bad idea. That leaves a little, way over a year of post-production of adding special effects, all this stuff, getting all the other stuff. Uh, tie down music all that stuff maybe it's a possibility but James Gunn he's said that he's going to get to Guardians 3 once it gets done with all this for Suicide Squad I'm assuming he still has the script done I so they'll just go right into pre-production get everything set up and shoot for that and one and like I said we probably expected Thor to uh, to appear with the Guardians in some capacity down the road well, Vin Diesel, who is doing press for Bloodshot from the Variant Comics universe, was actually talking about James Gunn and everything going on surrounding Guardians and all this stuff. And he had a pretty interesting quote, which recently, which confirmed uh, some big news going on with the with Thor: Love Thunder. He says, "I'm waiting." I'm waiting and excited for my friend James Gunn to knock this next one out of the park. He took the Suicide Squad, so he's about to embark on it. Thor will also, the director talking about Taika Waititi, talk to me about how Thor will incorporate some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That'll be very interesting. Nobody knows. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, unquote. And it, I guess Tom Holland has been teaching him how to keep his mouth shut. Uh, but... One of the other things he teased was he said two words, Alpha Groot. Uh, I really have no idea what Alpha Groot is. I can only imagine that it's Groot super OP in some way. I can only imagine what it, what that type of Groot would be like. And if Tyga's talking to Vin Diesel, then Groot might obviously be one of the Guardians that is being talked about to appear in Thor Love and Thunder. I would say probably Rocket as well. I don't think you can have Groot without Rocket. I don't think you can have Rocket without Groot as well. It just doesn't make any sense. It's, to me, it's kind of like Cap and Bucky. They're inseparable. You can't separate them. They need to be side by side together, fighting, hanging around, going on adventures, stuff like that. So, and Chris Pratt really had an answer going back in August of last year talking about a potential Thor and Guardians team up. It's like, I know the answer, but I'm not going to say. That's pretty much it. You know, somebody from the MCU saying, yes, there's something might be happening with that. Uh, that That's about as clear as you're going to get with anybody from Marvel, uh, anybody within the MCU. So now it's looking like we might get the Guardians and Thor, Love and Thunder. And we already got Valkyrie in there, Jane Foster coming back, as as Thor herself, we got a potentially the Guardians coming back. I'm assuming they'll be a big part of the film. And again, 
We don't know when we'll see the Guardians again. It might be to 2022. It might be to 2023. So this could be a nice little bit setup of what we can expect going down the road. I'm sure James Good and Taika will be working very closely together, trying to figure out a way to make the transition. If they are going to be in Thor 11 Thunder to Guardians Volume 3. But that's not the only thing that's happening in Thor Love and Thunder. Might have mentioned this on a few podcasts ago, but Christian Bale, the rumors that he was in talks to appear in Thor Love and Thunder as the villain. And Tessa Thompson, who plays Valkyrie, pretty much confirmed that, yes, he is going to be in Thor Love and Thunder. And let me tell you what, guys. This is a big get. They've gotten a lot of big names to play the villains, and they've been awesome. Kate Lynch as Hella, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, Brolin as Thanos. I mean, add this to the list of big names they've gotten for their villains, and I'm very excited. Anytime you add a talented actor like Christian Bale to a project, it's only going to raise the level, raise the bar a little bit more for that film, and get to see the former Batman get to be in an MCU film facing off against Hemsworth, uh, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, all all of them. I am genuinely excited about it. Who knows? He might get, even get the face off against the Guardians as well. We don't know what villain he's going to play. We'll probably only have a sense of what the villain is unless you know somebody f- gets some set pictures or until we get our first trailer. But anytime you add a talented actor like Christian Bale to the mix, it's only gonna uh, it's only gonna make the project better. You're all, you're getting a talented actor. And there's, well, a guy that that's held in wide regard as a being an actor that can go and win Academy Awards. And so if you get that type of talent, you are doing well. And it's going to be nice to see Bell back in the comic book universe as well. You know, it's been a while since we've seen him in a comic book film since 2012. So it'll be nine years once Thor Love and Thunder is released since we've seen him. But I'm excited to add that they're adding Christian Bell to this project. I'm excited that they might be adding the Guardians to it as well. Of course, the question is going to come up. Is there too, is there's too much stuff that's going to happen in this film? We've seen this happen in comic book films. There's too much stuff has gone on where it's really the film is everywhere. But if the I'm sure that Taika, I'm sure that James Gunn, I'm sure that Marvel and Kevin Feige will find a way to make sure that everything is not convoluted that everything makes sense, it's cohesive, and if it's got the Guardians, can lead into what Guardians 3 will be, whether that's in 2022 or 2023, depending on when Gunn gets to going on pre-production for Guardians 3. So, that guys, that's what we got to get through. That's what we had to get through today. A bunch of stuff happening in the movie industry, a lot of stuff happening on the streaming service as well. So, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Again, thanks to Anchor for sponsoring this edition of the View of the Entertainment from the 573 Podcast. You can check this podcast out and the Views Podcast as well on all podcast platforms, whichever your preference is. Go check us out. Subscribe. Keep up with the latest action from us. Again, we got a Views episode within the next few days, so be on the lookout for that. But I've been your co- oh, I've been your host, Ryan McDaniel, for this edition of the Entertainment from the 573 Podcast, everybody. You all have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys next time.